0: Thanks for listening to this Ave Maria Radio podcast. Be sure to share it with your friends and family and across social media. Building the church so we can bless the nations. This is Ave Maria Radio.
1: Good afternoon, I'm Al Krista. In 2018, The Jackson, Mississippi, Women's Health Organization, a clinic, uh, an abortion facility in Mississippi, challenged the constitutionality of what's called the Gestational Age Act in federal court. That was a a newly enacted law that prohibited uh, abortions after the 15th week of pregnancy, except in cases of medical emergencies or fetal abnormalities. The U.S. District Court found in favor of the plaintiffs. They thought the law was unconstitutional. They put a a stop to the law's enforcement. It was appealed. The Fifth Circuit affirmed the district court's ruling. And now it has gone up to the Supreme Court. And with me right now to talk about the significance of this uh, case, Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, is Professor Robert George, Professor of Jurisprudence at Princeton University, co-author of What is Marriage? Uh, Man and Woman, a Defense, and so, and many other uh, books. Robbie, good to have you back here. Thanks. My pleasure, Al. Thanks for having me on. First of all, were you surprised that the Supreme Court took this case?
0: No, I was not. Okay. Uh, I had been uh, hoping and uh, trusting that there was sufficient support on the court to take an abortion-related case that would give the justices an opportunity to revisit previous uh, jurisprudence in this area, in particular the cases of Roe versus Wade from 1973 and Planned Parenthood against Casey uh, from the early 1990s, which was an affirmation of Roe versus Wade, uh, with a view to possibly uh, overruling, or at least very significantly uh, cutting back uh, on those decisions. So no, uh, I I wasn't surprised to, to get Uh, a case before the justices four of the nine have to agree to hear the case and i was confident that there were four and indeed there were
1: now that would that would want to hear it what is it it's my understanding that when the supreme court decides to take a case like this especially when you're dealing with an issue that's been around a while that there's something in this particular case that they think merits uh some sort of uh, definitive ruling. They want to set something to to rest. Uh, What is it that they actually, do you think, that they saw in this case, rather than other abortion cases that have come the court's way, uh, what did they see in this case that made it look ripe?
0: Well, the court has had opportunities before, including in the early 1990s in the case that turned out to be Planned Parenthood against Casey. To uh, revisit its abortion jurisprudence and to uh, turn turn away from what an earlier court had uh, established. This was the claim, which is frankly preposterous, that somehow inherent in the due process clause of the 14th amendment may be visible only with invisible ink or written in invisible ink, invisible only to somebody who's got the, uh, the formula for reading invisible ink. <laughs> there is a, a, right to abortion. There is no such thing, obviously. Right. Uh, you don't need to be a lawyer much less a Supreme court justice to understand that in 1973, the, uh, majority seven justices in the majority, uh, simply in an act of what one of the dissenting justices, uh, democratic appointed, uh, John F. Kennedy appointee Byron White called an act of raw judicial power Mm
1: -hmm.
0: uh, under the pretext of interpreting the Constitution, simply imposed on the nation this right to elective uh, abortion, at least through the first two trimesters, that is six months of pregnancy and, and really effectively. For reasons I can go into a few if your audience or you are interested uh, through the entire nine months of of pregnancy. So for a long time, of course, those of us on the pro-life side and and even those uh, who don't happen to be themselves personally pro-life but do believe in principled constitutional interpretation have opposed this decision and wanted an opportunity to overturn it. Well, those opportunities have come to the court from time to time, but we've always in the end been disappointed. uh, Justices that we thought would... Uh, do the right thing here, who who we had every reason to believe, understood that Roe v. Wade was a pure judicial fabrication, uh, nevertheless uh, let us down and, and did not overturn the decision. But now there have been very significant uh, personnel changes uh, on the court. There's nobody left from the Roe v. Wade uh, era, era. Uh, and uh, a majority of members of the court style themselves as originalists mm-hmm. that is people who understand that uh the constitution should be interpreted uh giving uh importance to the original public meaning uh of the provisions that were uh put into the constitution by ratification uh by the american people So I think it's not that these justices saw anything especially unique about this case. It's that they saw an opportunity to revisit and perhaps even overturn or at least cut back significantly on Roe versus Wade, and uh, they now have the votes to do it. That's the way it looks to me, Al.
1: Okay. Okay. I mean, I I remember back... It would
0: be a tremendous disappointment, Al, if all they do is cut back on it. Yeah. Now, I mean, you know, it's better than nothing, but it will be a tremendous disappointment uh, because... At the heart of the matter, I can tell you this as a as a constitutional scholar, at the heart of the matter is just a fundamental constitutional flaw, and that is the lack of any basis right. in the Constitution's text, its logic, its structure, or its historical understanding yeah. for the idea that there is a right to kill unborn children. There right. is just right. nothing in our national charter that can even at a tremendous stretch be read as, uh, as including such an idea. And yet, uh, we have lived for all these years since 1973 right. with the patent falsehood that there is, in fact, such a provision in our Constitution.
1: And there have been many legal scholars who have pointed to this problem, even those who are strongly supportive of a, quote, right to choose. uh, They recognize that. Uh, That's
0: right. These are people who say, well, look, you know, this is a legislative matter. The mistake here was the court imposed the policy. We like the policy. These are the so-called pro-choice people who say this. We Mm -hmm. like the policy. If we were in a legislature, we would vote to have that policy. Right. But it's for the legislature to decide, not the court to decide, so there they're focused on the question of the proper authority to make law in this area should it is it vested by our constitution with the courts or with the with the legislature, and they make the point that it's 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 with the legislature uh, i I think they are right to complain about the gross constitutional infidelity here. But of course, as a pro-life person, as you are, I also am scandalized and shocked. The most appalling thing of all is that the the, the, the court has here uh, created a situation in which millions, literally millions of unborn children have been uh, murdered, killed yep. Uh, yep. under, under uh, well, murder is a technical legal term, but have been killed uh, under um, uh the auspice, allegedly under the auspices of the Constitution.
1: Yeah, yeah, all for what uh, you pointed out, Byron White, it was a raw act of judicial power. Uh, exactly. You point out that there's uh, no constitutional basis uh, for the finding in Roe or Planned Parenthood in Casey. Is there something in the Constitution that implicitly protects the unborn? Because the argument was uh, yes, that there's I no sense there is. of person. Yeah, I mean, the idea was, well, we don't yeah. know when life begins. Even though they did, uh, then they made they, they to avoid the scientific issue. They said, well, we don't know what the word person means in this respect. I mean, uh, did did we well, have a constitutional really protection of the unborn?
0: Yes, I'm I'm so glad that you've asked about that because as it happens, I together with the eminent. Uh, Oxford uh, legal philosopher who was my doctoral supervisor when I was a graduate student at Oxford University, John Finnis, Uh, the two of us have uh, submitted an amicus curiae brief, friend of the court, uh, to translate the Latin, friend of the court brief, in the Dobbs case in which we have urged the court uh, not only to reverse Roe versus Wade, which many people have uh, joined us in asking the court to do. Uh, not only now, but uh, over the last 40-something years. But we've asked them to look at the language of the 14th Amendment, which uh, uh, prohibits any state from denying any person uh, due process of law or the equal protection of the laws, and consider whether, as we in fact believe the evidence shows, the original understanding of person in the 14th Amendment included the unborn, such that there is actually an obligation on the part of states uh, to uh, to protect the unborn against uh, the lethal violence of, wow. of abortion, at least in the case of uh, so-called elective abortion, that or sometimes called social indication abortion, that is where the the object of the act is precisely uh, to terminate the life of the unborn child because you don't want the child uh, to uh, to exist. That that would still leave open questions of uh, what what the law will be where performing um, uh, an act to save the mother's life or preserve her health, for example, would uh, unavoidably result in the death of the unborn child. So it would still leave uh, room for uh, legislation uh, by the states, but it would set a kind of threshold or minimum uh and uh, if we're if we're right about that then the fundamental obligation falls on the states but if the states fail in their duty congress is authorized this is under section 5 of the 15th, of the 14th amendment uh to by appropriate legislation enforce those those guarantees so uh we would be very pleased if the court would take the additional step of examining the question of the personhood of the unborn under the 14th Amendment. And we provided plenty of evidence. I'd urge uh, anyone who's interested to get hold of our brief, which on the Supreme Court's website. Yeah, and you'll see the historical evidence that we've adduced. Well, this is not just our policy judgment. It's not just that we morally think the unborn should be protected, right, but we right. do. Um, but but you know the Constitution isn't one thing rather than another because of what I think about morality. It's one thing rather than another, depending on what people ratified what they intended to place in the Constitution, and we think the historical evidence uh, shows that uh, the framers and ratifiers of the 14th Amendment understood by person all living members of the species homo sapiens, all human individuals, uh, irrespective of age or size or location or stage of development or condition of dependency.
1: Oh, that, that would be uh, spectacular, it, you know, for them to actually find uh that uh, to agree uh, with your your brief there and uh i it would be i mean the the social uh, fallout from this would be remarkable wouldn't it i mean i just wonder what would happen uh people would start a lot of people would go crazy uh, you'd have new uh, <laughs> yeah it would, it would be, i mean this is one reason back in plan parenthood v casey that uh, justice o'connor uh, you know didn't want to make any significant change uh she let the states, uh, you know, make adjustments uh, to the finding in Roe, but she seemed to think that to uh, dismantle Roe, uh, that, that that would cause too much social upheaval. That women, yes, the argument was that women had grown too accustomed to this uh, freedom to abort, that to deprive them of it would be uh, too burdensome. Uh, <laughs> Well,
0: I'm I'm sorry, Madam Justice. Uh, It is not your job – and I will say this to any justice – it's not any justice's or judge's job to decide whether it's good or bad policy or good or bad for the country that the Constitution be observed. Their job is to give effect to the actual meaning, the authentic meaning, the true meaning of the provisions of the Constitution. Amen. The other part is up to the legislature. It's That's up right. to the elected representatives of the people. We did not elect those judges. They, they have do no that. legislative authority.
1: Robbie, thanks so much. It's great talking with you again.
0: Last week at AveMariaRadio.net's Poll of the Week, we wanted to know what you thought are ways that you can measure a parish's success. 31% of you said mass attendance numbers. 26% of you said the number of sacraments completed at your parish. And 21% of you said the number of seminarians or people in religious life that your parish has produced. Thank you to all who filled out the poll. And if you didn't last week, check out our new poll at AveMariaRadio.net. Scroll down on the homepage and click Poll of the Week.